0: This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with the Joes, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio.
1: The Cubs stink. I think the easiest play on the board right now is just the Cubs opponent over their run total. Reds over-unders five and a half tonight, take it over. Reds over five and a half, the Cubs are just, I mean, they are, they're bad. I mean, they are really bad right now. Botto to the left,
0: Wisdom can't get there. India scores, three hits, a walk, and an RBI on Bono's Magic Night. And the Reds have matched their most explosive inning of the season.
1: Eight are in, it's 12 to nothing.
0: From BetQL.
1: Welcome on in, BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook right here on the BetQL Network. Joe Giglio, Cody Decker in all this week for Joe O. We got a lot to get to. Over the course of the show, about an hour and 20 minutes. our Mike Valenti, 97, won the ticket in Detroit. We'll give us some thoughts on Dan Campbell, the Lions. I can't wait to talk to him about what's going on in Detroit. And then at 11 o'clock, Seth Galina will talk to us for pro football, focus on all things college football. The top 25 revealed yesterday. So we'll get into that and maybe some um, some teams that didn't make it or teams that did and maybe we'll fade them or we'll play them. So we'll talk about the top 25 and how it impacts the college football betting market. But, Cody, how you doing this morning? We got a... Uh, we got those bad teams to bet against yesterday. The Orioles, the Cubs, they uh, they work out pretty well for you.
0: Not too bad, I yeah. should say. I mean, yeah. it, basically everything we call just happened.
1: Listen, that's what we do here on BQL Daily. That's what we say. We have the smartest audience on the network. We know what we're doing on the show. Listen, I mean, that's, that's what happens here.
0: Smartest audience, smartest hosts, smartest show, smartest network. Everything put together is just this realm of brilliance, and you guys are just lucky to hear it.
1: That's right. Smartest producer, Jake Hassan says. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm in a giving mood today. Yes, smartest producers, smartest board operations manager, the whole thing. Ever. It is a uh, it's a smart show. We'll try to help make you smart over the course of the morning. All right, let's get to the headlines. There's a lot to talk about here this morning. Time for today's headlines.
0: I mean, y'all sit up here asking silly questions to me, and I'm looking at y'all with the same thing. So I, I don't agree. know what y'all want
1: me to say. I no, agree. you know that.
0: You know he hasn't said that. So for okay. you to just ask the question. You know, it is what it is. So every single day I'm coming out here with the anticipation to just get better. And and that's, that's the only thing that I could do. So I can control that. But as far as somebody else's analogy or interpretation of what week one is, I'm trying to focus on what tomorrow brings and even the adjustments for tonight's meeting.
1: The voice of Cam Newton, Patriots quarterback, though maybe not the Patriots starting quarterback, Cody, as uh, it seems like Cam is getting a little bit annoyed at these questions or whether or not he's the starter. Obviously, he's not been told he's a starter because otherwise he's not reacting like that. It's a competition, him and Mac Jones. And, Cody, I, I think at some point soon, Mac Jones is going to be the Patriots quarterback. You don't take a quarterback in in the round one, especially a guy in Mac Jones that he's not a project, right? He's a guy that people think he's ready to play. Like, he might not get all way better over the next five years, but he's probably ready to play right now. That's Mac Jones's job soon. I don't know what Cam's supposed to say. This is kind of Cam's personality, kind of like half-joking, half-annoyed. I'm not shocked that he's annoyed, and I won't be shocked when Mac Jones is the Patriots quarterback come October.
0: Listen, I'm a Cam Newton defender till the end of just till the end of time. But at the end of the day, this guy did put out a post talking about loyalty, and people just asked him, Hey, is this about your situation right now? And he's denying it. Dude, it was absolutely about that. There's no reason to play coy, and there's really no reason to put out the post. Every single player in your situation has been screwed over at some point in their career. So watching him react like this is just kind of. It's kind of weird. You know what's coming. You saw it. He saw his own year last year. Yes, a plague by injury. He had the part issue with COVID. He started the year great at the beginning of the season, tailed off after the COVID thing, but they also changed how they were running their offense at that time. So I'm glad he's getting a second opportunity this year. Yes, it is a competition. And yes, that job is Mac Jones is by week three, probably.
1: Yeah, and I'll say this about Mac Jones and his chances to win offensive rookie there. So it's p- plus plus a thousand right now. And I think if you look at Mac Jones' skill set compared to the other young quarterbacks, right? Like Justin Fields has a better skill set than Mac Jones, even Trey Lance. But if he plays early and they win football games, Mac Jones has a real chance to win offensive rookie of the year. He's going to be accurate. If, if, if he's on a 10-win team and they make the playoffs and he starts 15 games, he absolutely could win the rookie of the year. So that is a market to keep monitoring. Also, another quarterback to monitor, the health of Dak Prescott.
0: Dak will be – he'll be limited uh, today. I mean, the biggest thing, you know, is – Really, to stay on course uh, with his work, uh, you know, it's it's a you know plan of caution. I, I you know I I'm trying to come up with new words there, but I mean it's the same plan. And, uh coming out of this, it's you know when, when he was shut down, you have to build up to his volume of throws again. So uh, we we just really don't want to put him in a position where we can we can re-injure it. So I uh, just continue to work on that on that plane.
1: Plan of caution. Uh, don't want to re-injure it. That's the voice of Mike McCarthy, Cowboys head coach. Uh, Cody, the the Cowboys continue to downplay everything about the Dak Prescott issue. Downplay everything about Dak Prescott being hurt. He's hurt. You don't re-injure something unless you're injured. His shoulder is messed up. I mean, the Cowboys. We found out last week. Reached out to the Texas Rangers, New York Yankees for treatment plans. Cody, this sounds like a pitcher injury, like a rotator cuff or inflammation in the in the shoulder. Some, something's going on there that pitchers go through, and Dak Prescott is obviously not right.
0: If you actually listened to yesterday's show, we talked a little bit about shoulder injuries when we talked about Carlos Rodon and how he's kind of... Not fallen out of the Cy Young race, but is definitely taking a step back because of a shoulder injury. When it comes to shoulder injuries in any sport, specifically a sport where you throw, especially overhand throwing, and I know that sounds almost childish, but an overhand throw is an unnatural movement for any athlete. and It's actually a dangerous movement. The reason why a football throw is a little different is because the mechanics are a little different with the hand placement. So normally you should not be dealing with shoulder or elbow issues like you see in baseball all the time. However, shoulder issues are scary. Anything that involves a shoulder when you need to create any type of forward motion pass, that's something that they should be extremely concerned about. And I'm concerned about it, and it's making me have overwhelming concerns about the Cowboys in general.
1: Yeah, you should. And we'll talk later on this show about the first coach fired. Who will that be? And Mike McCarthy's name has to be part of that mix. If the Cowboys are bad and Dak can't play, Jerry Jones, we know he's not going to sit around year two of a coach so the cowboy situation bears monitoring when is hard knocks is that tonight is that tuesday is hard knocks tuesday night or wednesday night when I, this week we get hard knocks episode two which i can't wait for just to see what the tone is another weekend with the Dak prescott injury and of course cody the pennant races continue and last night one of the biggest acquisitions the trade deadline he delivered for the giants
0: i know it's all super new to me too that the whole being here and you know um playing with these guys, but it's just, they're just something that feels a little different about it. It feels right. I feel, um, you know, just really good people. They put their head down, they go to work, they're not flashy. And I kind of um, see myself as that type of player too. And I think that's kind of what the, the giants organization is all about. They want guys that are good people. They go, go to work, keep their head down, you know, we're, like I said, we're not flashy. We go out there and do the job and and win and move on to the next one. And that's a good feeling.
1: So that was on the heels of two home runs Brian hit last night uh, against the Mets. Giants win again. They have 77 wins now. It's August, what, 17th? They have 77 wins. There's still four games up on the Dodgers, who won again last night as well, Cody. I mean, it's pretty incredible right now. You have minus money on both the Giants and Dodgers to win this division at this point. The books don't know what to do. Like both these teams are going to win close to hundred games. Like, I don't know. S- someone's going to win the division, but they're both tremendous teams. And what did you make of that Chris Bryant quote? Cause that was interesting coming from the Cubs where he won a world series. Obviously the last couple of years, the Cubs have not been as good this year. It went bad. They traded everyone away, but that was, th- that was interesting hearing Chris Bryant. Was that a shot at the Cubs? Was it a shot at a specific ex cub? What do you think?
0: Yeah. Chicago fans, New York fans, Javi Baez fans, quit clutching your pearls. My God. Yes, Javi Baez is flashy as hell. Chris Bryant isn't. And him saying that I am not a flashy player is not a knock on flashy players. For instance, I was not a flashy player. I couldn't pimp home runs. I hit over 200 of them, but I didn't pimp a single one. Was it because I have a problem with flashy players? No. It's because I'm a Jewish white kid from Santa Monica, and I have absolutely no flair or swag whatsoever. And I know my role. And so does Chris Bryant and his role right now is helping this team win the division because what a pickup he has been. I Listen, the guy is just a hard-nosed, old-fashioned ball player. Puts his head down, he plays the game. He doesn't really have a whole lot of flash or flair to him, and there's nothing wrong with that, and I don't think he has a problem with anyone that does have flash. I, I just I think people are always looking for little things, especially for a team that's been a hot-button topic like the Cubs who did trade away Javi Baez to another team that's a hot-button topic like the Mets.
1: Yeah. And ironically, they're playing the Mets right now. They beat the Mets last night and the Mets are in just free fall mode. I mean, Cody, there's never been a team since 1980 that had this many games in a row against teams with this good of records. Mets 13 straight Dodgers and Giants. It is a gauntlet for them. I, I don't know how they survive this. I know the Braves and Phillies aren't great teams. They're not going to run away with that division, but I mean, the Mets are already and four. they have nine to go. Like what's the best case scenario. They go four and nine, five and eight. in these 13 games, it's, it's pretty darn rough. And, Cody, as far as the Giants go, when the trade deadline was happening and everyone was picking up some star here or there, I it didn't hit me until it happened. Like, isn't Chris Bryant the perfect Giant? All they do is platoon every player, right? He could play every, almost every position. So, like, gives Gabe Kapler – it's like every night it's like, all right, I'll put Brian in right. I'll put Brian in left. I'll put him at third. And he could just put the other pieces around him. He's like the perfect chess piece for the team that's playing chess out there. This
0: was kind of a model that was adopted about 10 years ago by a lot of teams where it stopped being about players being their position. My whole life, everyone, oh yeah, that's shortstop Bill Russell. That's first baseman Steve Garvey. That's catcher Mike Piazza. No one is that anymore. You can't play one position. Even me, I was a guy that was a first base, third baseman. I ended up playing five positions throughout my career, and some of them not well at all, but I had to show that I was as versatile as possible. And Chris Bryant... However, is versatile and can play above average at multiple positions. And he's serviceable at very difficult ones, such as shortstop and center field. There, you can't, it's it kind of adds to his value, even though we look at it like it's a perfect platoon type player. But yeah, that's the way their model is. The Rays have really adopted that model. The Dodgers have been adopting that model heavily for the past about seven years.
1: Yeah. And speaking of this NOS, so the Dodgers win last night, Giants win last night. The, the gap remains four games. And the West got interesting yesterday with some news with pitchers. So the Dodgers signed Cole Hamels, the ex-Philly, the uh, ex-World Series MVP. Older now. Bang, definitely pitched one game last year. So I think everyone was hoping, like, all right, maybe he could get healthy for September, be, September, be a wild card kind of addition to the rotation. How, he pitched two innings. And he's done. He's out. Two innings trying to ramp back up. It's over. His season is over. 60-day DL. So Cole, I think Cole Hamels' career is over, Cody. But – you know, the I think the Dodgers were hoping he could help a little bit in September because the one thing about the Dodgers, for as great as they are, they're still pretty short at the back end of pitching. You know, Trevor is not going to pitch again this year. No, so gone. many injuries. You know, they've lost so many guys. Goslin on the IL, May gone for the year. Doesn't it feel like every third or fourth day they're going with a bullpen game? They're still winning, but I just wonder if the Dodgers have enough starting pitching to get to catch the Giants. Like when they get to the postseason, I think they have enough because you shorten the rotation anyway. But. Mm-hmm. They might have a bunch of bullpen games to try to win a division. That's hard.
0: You're absolutely right. When October they shorten the rotation, it's most likely going to become a three or four man rotation by that point, anyways. Most likely three, mainly because you got Bueller, you got you got uh, Scherzer, you got one of those guys going as often as you possibly can, and you know Urias has already shown what he can do in October. Yes, it is a massive concern going forward because those five slots it's like a bullpen game every single game and that is not something you want now the Dodgers have a very good bullpen but you don't want to be stretching that bullpen throughout all of August and September to lead into an October when you need your bullpen as fresh and ready as you possibly can we talked about the White Sox yesterday they're sitting pretty with a perfect opportunity to rest all of their arms for the next two months
1: yeah the Dodgers don't have that and now no Cole Hamels. And the other thing was an acquisition yesterday, which is, is odd because you don't get many acquisitions in August. There's no more waiver trades. But my old buddy, I know the people working behind the scenes on our show, this, this the staff of the show, old buddy, Jake Arietta gets released by the Cubs a couple days ago. The Padres pick him up. Are the Padres this desperate for pitching? Jake Arietta is batting practice at this point. I mean, this guy is areas almost seven. And not only are they throwing him right away, he's going right in the rotation, Cody. He's pitching on Wednesday at Coors Field. Like, think about how bad it's got to be for the Padres right now, pitching depth-wise. Like, Jake, come on in. You're in the rotation. We're pitching you at Coors Field. He stinks, Cody. And as soon as I saw the, the uh, signing go down, I said, the Reds, just give the Reds the NL wild card. Give them that second wild card. The Padres are in trouble.
0: Yesterday was the first time all season that I actually believe the San Diego Padres are in trouble. Uh, signing Jake Arietta. What in the hell are you doing, AJ Preller? Arietta? We already have by the way, not to mention the fact that all his comments during the COVID season has just been absolutely not helping anybody. Not you know, this is a team that's trying very hard to get to the playoffs, and this guy has been adamantly you know anti-vax anti all that stuff so it's just it's just not a fit not to mention yeah he's batting practice you put him on the field he's gonna put up give up a 10 spot you put him in course, it's gonna be two touchdowns what are you what could you possibly get out of Jake Arietta
1: I don't know I'm just disappointed he's not pitching against the Phillies this week and I was I was hoping for that but the Phillies will miss him he's pitching against the Rockies on Wednesday I yeah you know what not only the Reds, who I think are the most likely to catch the Padres, but how about the Cardinals? We mentioned it yesterday. The Cardinals, the four back. This wild card race in the L is suddenly heating up. We got a lot of baseball to talk about. We'll get into NFL futures markets coaching. And on the other side, AP Top 25. Our takeaways and what it means for the betting market. This is BetQL Daily, presented by Fandles Fourth Book, right here on the BetQL Network.